Hello, and welcome to another session of Dedication. Fans remember the Bay City Rollers. I'm Suze, and with me is Laura. Hi, Laura. Hey, Suze. Good to hear your voice. How's it going? It's going good. How are you doing? Very well, thank you. Laura, Excellent. can you believe this is our, today will be our 14th podcast over the course of 21 weeks. Can you believe that? Wow. I didn't realize, no, I didn't realize we did that many. And, you know, it's been actually a really fun thing to do. I, I've enjoyed everyone we've talked to. It's, it's been awesome. It really has. Um, I was going to ask you if you had any favorite memories so far. Don't mean to put you on the spot. <laughs> uh, favorite memories. Uh, um, I have to say that I really enjoyed speaking with Nobby. Yeah. And I kind of felt like I got to know him a little bit through reading his book and then speaking with him. Yeah. Um, I love talking with Caroline. She was a lot she, of fun. She was great. She was a lot of fun. And I loved how she could look back and kind of critique herself on the book that she wrote about her experiences with the band. Right. And, and hindsight. <laughs> and hindsight, exactly. And, you know, it's been fun talking to the fans. They had experiences that I would have killed to have had. So it's fun that they shared them with us. I, I love that. Wouldn't it make a great movie someday? Just yes. for just for I us, maybe. But I think it would be so much fun. Oh, I think so too. Well, this week we're with someone who needs absolutely no introduction: a lead singer for the Rollers, Duncan Farah. As most of our listeners already know, before the Rollers, he was the frontman for the South African rock outfit called Rabbit along with guitarist Trevor Rabin, who later joined, uh, yes, excuse me, uh, Duncan led Rabbit to multiple gold and platinum albums and a Sari Award, uh, the South Africa's um, equivalent to the Grammys, for Best Group in 1977. But before we bring Duncan on, we're first going to show our listeners a video that highlights Duncan's career. It's quite the retrospective. Are you ready, Laura? I sure am. Okay, let's go.
can all sing like birds and do harmonies. They can just do um, anything they want. The Bay City Rollers with Duncan Frontlining performed just about everywhere. The publicity machine continually churned, sometimes with good news, sometimes bad. Following a brief but traumatic experience at the hands of the authorities in South Africa, Duncan and the Rollers made light of their time behind bars. Such a blow, I feel the cloud. But I promised you, yeah, I promised you that I'll come out well. They won't get me down. They lost me away. They lost me away. Out in the day. There's a lot of positive stuff. We played to huge crowds. So I wouldn't put rabbits in my home. I wouldn't leave them unattended for a second. But then the rollers came out, and they, they were just great. They never broke anything in their lives. They never, I never seen Woody take a kick a TV. I mean, it's just not in their nature. Back in New York City on a bitterly cold December day in 1980, the rollers were among the first to hear the news that was to shatter the lives of music lovers around the globe. We'd also been in the studio, we were doing a Ricochet album, basically, Roller album, and we um, could do that. And we did, we got in the car and drove to Dakota, and we'll find the picture where we were standing that night. We were one of the first people. With the demise of the Rollers in 1982, former members Woody and Duncan created the band Karoo. Although their musical output amounted to only one album, whereas the music rose to number two in South Africa, where the band played to tens of thousands of well-wishers at Jabulani Stadium in Soweto. Meanwhile, Hollywood was beckoning. I had a song on Madonna's album, I never wrote it, I sing it. World performers, as they ask, let it be right with the world tonight. This is Miss World 1993. Nothing is more powerful than an idea whose time has come. Duncan's composition, Let It Be Right, was selected as the anthem for the Miss World pageant. Let it be love, let it be right, let all the people in the world, let it be right in the world tonight. Starting for me, starting for me, and everybody that we see, let it be right in the world tonight. George Benson, ladies and gentlemen. Cashboat band members reunited to create the first world we devoted 18 months of our lives to this album and and so whatever we do has got to be right a great deal of the musician's life had centered around close family and friends brother William Seaforer perhaps played the greater part in encouraging his younger brother's musical career 
Here, in personal family photographs, a young Bill Forer features strongly as the guiding light to his brother, who would soon be launched onto the international show stages of the world. Duncan's father, William Sr., was always a stalwart supporter of his son's musical and musician, Frank Adelmay, remembers. I always remember Duncan's father taking us in the trailer. Everything would go into the trailer, and we'd be sort of like a happy family there, pack everything in, and off to the gig, and he'd sit through the whole gig, and... and um, I know, he'd sit through the last... Yeah, last right, to, band, right to the our, end. He was our biggest fan, yeah. Fond memories are special moments to be treasured forever. And it's to the African felt that Duncan retreats to reflect and contemplate on the varied and vast collection of nostalgic memories. Away from the pressures of business affairs, its many complications and complexities, the musician is able to do what he loves the most, to compose new songs and even dream about tomorrow. For Patrick van Bluck, the Forum magic was there from the very beginning. I wouldn't have agreed to do When You're Without Her and sign him originally as a, a, as a solo artist, because <clears throat> that was the only record we did, and then he was in the band. If I didn't feel that, um, that he had all the attributes, the looks, the vocal qualities, uh, the right attitude, most certainly, and the ability to write good songs. I mean, they were all there, and he was the right age. and. All that was wrapped up with, uh, with, a, uh, with an intense uh, desire and commitment and drive and tenacity. For Duncan, it's all about style and the desire to create. For the many thousands of fans, groupies and lovers of nostalgic get-togethers, the dream of calling back the past is perhaps only a dream. But could it happen? We are constantly getting... Um, big money offers, uh, and I'm only speaking from South Africa, I, I know there's been interest from Japan and that sort of thing, but from, from South Africa for them to, to reform from a, a variety of sources, whereas part of me would like to do it, I think a, a little bigger part of me wouldn't. I almost think it would spoil the magic. It would be like, for me, Rabbit now is like James Dean, Marilyn Monroe, JFK, and to bring them back now would just maybe shatter the, the myth of me. Duncan Forer is a music maker and a man who paints pictures with words. A poet whose rock songs and ballads will live on in the timeless annals of the international world of song and music. He is a man of whom much has been written and from whom more is yet to come. Hi, Duncan. Thank you so much Hello. for joining us. How are you? Hi, Suz. Hi, Laura. How are you? Good to hear you today. Good to hear you too, Duncan. Thank you so much. Yeah, oh, pleasure. Thank you. You doing all right out there in Vegas? 
Yeah, we're doing all right. We're just roasting hot, and um, obviously we're on lockdown. And uh, yeah, we're doing all right. How about you? Uh, same, roasting and yep, and quarantine. Right. Yeah, we, <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! Well, you didn't go up in the town last night. No, well, in my mind, <laughs> oh, yeah. in my mind, in my memory. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. All right, so we we all you know we're talking about the Bay City Rollers. So tell us how Duncan became a Bay City Roller. Wow, well, I was in Rabbit, as a lot of my friends know, and mm -hmm. then I moved to Los Angeles as soon as Rabbit broke up. And I was actually offered a deal in England, Pie Records, a guy called Phil Sullivan, and I said, no, I'm going to the Fabulous America. And I went to America, and I lost so short, I ran into Freddie DeMann, who later managed Madonna and, and Michael Jackson and a few others. Oh, wow. Ah. Michael Jackson, Madonna. Uh, um, anyway, they... Um, you know, they became my manager, and I actually, I went with them to see the Stones, because Freddie had just signed um, the Jackson 5. This was about September 78. Okay. And um, so, yeah, signed the Jackson. The exciting thing was the limo picked me up, and then we went to go pick up Freddie DeMann at his office, at whatever, 19 Sunset, and then we went to the Jackson's home, and there was this new bar, and then I'm jumping about this studio. Oh, and, uh, yeah, I get the roles. <laughs> I don't begin to. Guys, obviously talking about Freddie, and, and you know, interesting thing I remember with, um, and then we went with the, the Jacksons to see the Stones. It was really amazing. I sat in front of the drive-in, you know, the Jacksons in the big demo and all that. And we get to the, I think it was Dodger Stadium, and was it Dodger Stadium? One of those, one of the stadiums, and. The fans were running from the charge out from the distance, and, and I could pick it up because we used to have that in rabbits, you know, this in yeah. rabbit. You know, it's not hard to believe in it, but I'm, I'm not lying. We couldn't actually walk the streets. So, oh wow! And you sort of get used to you sort of get used to, um, you know, in those days, of course, you get used to people charging at you. I can pick <laughs> it up. You're and I see these people turn and they run right past me. Of course, go to Michael Jackson. Um, and of course, I loved that. I enjoyed that. It was actually, and it, I, in Robert, we were actually at a point where it was nice not to be known. We were going, oh, mm. thank gosh. But how did I get to the Rollers? I was at Freddie Demand's office. There was a magazine there that the thing they were looking for their singer. Um, he'd been fired. <laughs> he likes what I know. He, he left the band. Or they, I'm only joking there. They didn't get on. I mean, I mean uh, that's not a secret. So. So I said to Freddie, the rollers want me, they sent, uh, sent in the first class air check, and he said, yeah, we'll go for it, he didn't want to, you know, get, and he was so, such a gentleman about it, he was great, and all the rollers, first class air, air check, and I was in Dublin, uh, Dublin, and the first person I saw was your friend Jake. Jake! <laughs> you know, what's the trip, what is it, 10, 12 hours, we sat in London, I can remember sitting in London early in the morning, in the mist. And then we went to Dublin. I go, well, I suppose they'll all be at the airport, you know, getting it that noon. Mm. <laughs> of course, not one of them showed up. Um, but uh, Jake was there very nice. So I got to know Jake before I knew them. And then we went up to the room and said, I don't know. And I remember them all coming down. The first one I saw was Derek. And um, we got on. And that's how I got into the band. We went to the studio immediately. And I showed them how to play piano. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, no, no, really good. And we said, oh, wow, oh, right, yeah, yeah. So, um, 
So not long I was in the band, yeah. Oh, I love it how about long, them. you know, they, they, they're brilliant. Of course. Well, with you as a lead singer and songwriter, um, the yeah, band was, you know, the band was in the midst of like a major overhaul. You had a new look, a new sound, which, you know, it went well, went over very well in the industry. What do you think happened? Do you think it was just timing that the fans, like, we, we grew up or move on? Or what do you think happened? Well, you well, sounded great. Oh, I know. Uh, we actually, I think we screwed it up ourselves more than anything else. I mean, um, there, there is a point where bands, even if they're big, I mean, you take the Knack, for example, like one big album, second one was, you know, good, and then from then you never sort of saw them again. And it's like that with any band, except, you know, let's see the Beatles, Elton Madonna, one of those bit rubs, one of those big ones. You know, you have about a three album, you know, anybody. So by the time I got to them, Strangers in the Wind, it was apparently a huge disaster. Mm. So that being said, I was, you know, and, but the base city, you know, the base city rollers was kind of, for all of us, like being in a sitcom. And you know what <laughs> I mean by that? In other words, especially them, they were all known. Mm. And everybody knows they, who they are, so right. they can never... So even, you know, when Woody and I were in Karoo, you know, two, two years later, a year later, everywhere we went, it was still ex-rollers, and people either liked you or they didn't like you, being the fact that it was a, a young band, you know, eventually became a David Cassidy, and it actually did us for every bit of good, and it brought us a lot of good, and it was beautiful. But because of the teeny bopper label, it kind of brought, you know, closed so many doors for all of us afterwards. None of us... You know, it was really hard to get away from from um, the image, and that's what yeah. happened with the band. You know, and and I think you know, basically, we're all stupid. I mean, first of all, there's an underlining dumbness that you've got such a great you know band. I'm not talking about this one, too about them, but um, and to break up when you've got the whole world at your feet. And um, and I did. I've had two grand endings. One was rapid, and that's another stupid one in my life. Another one was losing the rollers. Um, but I do miss him. You know, I loved him. I was great seeing Woody last year. Oh, yeah. And I wish you'd put me in the band, but that's... <laughs> but, yeah, otherwise, but otherwise, how are you? How's Philadelphia? Philadelphia Freedom? There you go. That's your Elton John record. That's number one. <laughs> yeah. Hot. I'm ready. I'm ready for the snow. I'm ready for winter. Hot. Yeah. Well, you know, you uh, guys were, were you guys were major rockers. If you talk about, you know, those later records, did did you ever think of changing the name? Do you think that would and, and just kind of come out, you know, without well, the was, w- without the rollers, kind of, yeah. Yeah, I was always in the band. It's just uh, a lot of the times, Eric thought it would be cool to be like the Stones. So you know, everywhere we went, we was basically rollers, but. Um, some of the most of the records it was the rollers. It's all now Bay City rollers, which I'm happy to say. All the re- all the, the new Sony re-release products yeah. rollers another Bay City roller. Mm-hmm. So that was done taking off Bay City, and I don't know how that happened, which was really stupid because if you think you got Christmas coming and the aunties are going to buy the album for their, you know, for their kids and their nieces, and they're not. And they go know. look at me, and they're not in B because we were an hour. So yeah. So that would be, but also. Um, but the album was so well received. It really was. You know, I mean, it was so well received. A couple of weeks ago, I'm doing a new song, actually a COVID song, we're finishing it next week, called In the Blink of an Eye. And it started, we recorded a roller song, Rock and Roll, love that, it was my favorite. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vince Laurier. And um, you know, I said to, he said to me, what's your favorite roller song? I said, oh, Rock and Roll, love that. That's my favorite, too. Elevator, too. Elevator, 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 elevator,
But um, yeah, there is, there's a certain class or, or something on elevated. It's, well, the, the energy is just really good. And, you know, we were all kind of, they were, we were all just so happy at the time. Oh, and major rockers, absolutely, absolutely rocking. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the songwriting a little bit. I mean, you brought another layer of that as well when you came into the band. Um, walk us through the process of um, of the writing. Um, did you enjoy writing with the other members, or do you like to write alone? How does how does that go? Both. Yeah. As we started becoming a band, when we after so I met them in Dublin, the famous musical Jake Duncan first, and then and then we went to Scotland. Oh no, wait, we were staying in, we were at the Gresham Hotel and then Tam Payton flew in for the evening and he decided, he was showing off for me. He decided we didn't like the couch. Oh, we don't like the couch, so we all going out, we'll have to fly back to Edinburgh. Oh dear. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, funny story, sat on the couch, I don't like that, you know, we're probably showing off. <laughs> um, it was nice, and then by the evening we were in, in Tam's, the famous home in, in Scotland. And that was a busy place because Ian Mitchell, our good friend Ian Mitchell, was there mm -hmm. by this time. He was in Rosetta Stone. Yeah. Um, uh, he's a fabulous guy. We've played together many years later. I wish we'd done a lot more. We love Ian. Uh, yeah. Ian is bro. Bro. Yep. Met him a few times. Just to a lovely guy. Oh, he's from Scotland. Yeah. He got Dublin. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. So did, did yeah. you like working with, I, I'm assuming you wrote with Eric and, and Woody primarily. Oh, I liked him every, no, no, I loved it. It, it was great. Eric was a great lyricist. You know, he, um, he did most of the lyrics on Turn On The Radio. So are you, the, are, you the, are you the melody guy? I'm the melody guy. He was the word guy. So oh, there you go. Okay. Wow. Oh, okay. He got us for your tunits on your... Oh, that's what I wanted um, to get to. But the melody was mostly mine, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. And all, um, You're the piano uh, man. And the elevator as well. The, the, all of most of the elevator was, was Eric's lyrics. Mm. Mostly my chord changes, yeah. Well, I, I, lo I love learning yeah, about that process. Yeah, the elevator has been very good to us. Mm. Actually, now, you know, on the box sets, it's up. As I said earlier on, basically, rollish, rollish. But I love Scotland. Uh, um, have you been to Scotland? You have. You went to go see Woody, I think, last year. Oh, we went to see Eric last year. Oh, Eric, oh, she's a mm -hmm. Yep. Because <laughs> he went to basically rolls to Eric and he goes into hibernation for a minute. Are oh, you still well, Eric? He's yeah, I think he's coming around a little uh, bit. Uh, <laughs> and we went up to see Alan's play. That was in t uh, 2018. Yeah, yeah that was wonderful. Yeah. And we, and we got to see Derek for a little bit, so that was that was fun. That was lovely. Oh, Derek is the best roller. Did you see how is he? God, oh my God, we okay. We cannot tell you how much we love him because it would not be cool. <laughs> I know. I can tell you as well. That's what I keep saying. People fans don't even know Derek was. Oh, they're long your brothers. They're, they're, their parents definitely raised yeah. some some beautiful gentlemen. Really lovely men. Yep. I don't know what happened with all the other parents. <laughs> well, they tried. Oh, they tried. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> they tried. Yes, they definitely tried. They're all good boys. They're all good boys in their own way. <laughs> yeah. But we do love Derek. We can't. We can't deny it. <laughs> he's the best. Yeah, he's lovely. So and he's a wonderful drummer too. I was actually played more in life. Yeah, I don't think we noticed back then, but we'll take your word for it. <laughs> uh, I mean, just the fact that, um, you know, it's that Ringo feel thing that is so priceless, because most drummers 
think they got it, but they don't. The, the gringo feel Eric has. That's why all the songs are insert. I mean, next time you put it on the rollers, everybody's bopping their... Well, it's, defi- it's definitely like, the backbeat. And it's the backbeat. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's the backbeat. Well, the, the drummers always look the same and they want to like, stick in their hands and a couple of cymbals in front of them. But the feel of Derek is, is, is what makes all those songs great. I love that you said that. I, I really love that you said that. Well, I really mean that. I, I know mean, you I, do. Wow. I mean, this is elevated. It's amazing. Drummers need love too. <laughs> Drummers need love too. <laughs> Drummers need <laughs> yes. Well, do you have any favorite memories when you were a roller? I mean, I know you have the house in New Jersey and all kinds yeah, of things. Tell all us. of them are favorite memories. Come on, give me give me a good story. Oh my God, uh, I've got to keep it above board. We've probably got kids listening. Oh, clean. <laughs> <laughs> Stories are oh, that's actually not in Bay City. There's a Laura. I remember Laura got the nickname Laura Leadfoot. She used to drive us. I think it was the 2002 tour we did. She drove us, and that van just didn't stop. Where did it go, Laura? You tell us. Uh, did we go from Massachusetts to New York? And there was a roller van gathering in Virginia yeah. that I drove you to. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I, oh, no, did I, and I, I don't know, Laura Leadfoot, because we, we flew through, I think we went through about ten red lights, and it was just <laughs> <laughs> No, that didn't happen, she drove you. I drove you guys through Manhattan. Oh, my heavens. I did, yeah. I had never been to New York before, oh. and I had to drive, I drove you guys to a show, the Blue Bottles, you were with the Blue Bottles. Yeah, yeah, we called ourselves the Blue Bottles, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Remember Mally and Mark? They were with you. Guys, yeah, from yeah. And I drove you guys to Manhattan, and I had never been to New York before. And me and my big van, and you guys. Yeah. I got you there safely, right? <laughs> we did, yeah, yeah, we did. <laughs> Well, I, I love that your favorite roller story has has to do with Laura and her lead foot. That's priceless. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there are much better stories. Um, I suppose we're looking for something in the Bay City roller time. Hey, what is? Yeah, uh, you know, wait. There's a fun moment I got. Um, I first joined them, and, and again in the first two weeks, we went around the world. I don't know if they were showing off for me or trying to just whatever. As I said, we started in Dublin. Tam Payton took us to Edinburgh. I think a day later, or maybe two days later, we went to London. Then we went to Germany, went to virtually every city in Germany, which was brilliant. Can you yeah. imagine being... First and then class. We went to America, we went to New York, and we went to... Ended up in L.A., where I'd been just two weeks before, and I couldn't remember. I'd been around the world. And, it was un- and then we went back to London. So, so yeah, that time in... Um, oh, that time. So the first December, this is December 78. I know Blaise likes to think that the band broke up in 79. It broke up in 82, Blaise. But, um, yeah, 78, end of 78, we were at the, the Beverly Wilshire Hotel. And, um, and we were getting our cars, and, and we were in line, and we were standing in front of us, none other than Ringo Starr. Oh! And it was Ringo Starr just did this. So, um, yeah, he's just standing there like a normal person getting his car, you know, Ringo getting his... Um, so... And then off he went. So the evening we're in the restaurant, and there's um, in walks Ringo, and he comes up to the table. He goes, ah, the bass, the rolling parties, everybody stood, sort of stood. Yeah, yeah, and we all stood up to them. And that was, so that's a favorite story. Oh, yeah, I'd behind, say. Behind Ringo. And, 
Um, um, oh, there's so many. I mean, that's, I should tell you more stories with the band. Huh? Well, you went. Like, that, that was quite a whirlwind. I mean, so right off the jump start, you're 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 going around the world. Did you? I the world in two weeks. Well, and did you have any favorite amazing. cities or favorite venue that you played? Um, there were some big ones in Germany. Some big, and I think the was it Adventure, the Great Adventures. Oh yeah, that, that was good. Not we not too far. From, and, and, yeah, that's and, not too far from uh, Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Uh, there were lots. That was actually that Sunday night. So I always sort of remember as the best part of my life. I mean, how could it not be? You sort of, you sort of in the base cities. We had a. I remember in England, June, June of seven seventy nine. Yeah. So Todd Bay, we're sitting at the offices at Hedden Street, Hedden Street, London, and uh, oh yes, Adam comes in, he says, "Oh, again, you're a bus, you know, you're a bus." And then, you know, at that point, I remember all the rollers were like, "We're not getting a bus. We want a jet." Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we get to America, and um, the bus arrived—the big, beautiful bus. It was the best time we ever had. Of course, we had the hotels as well. The band wasn't—you know—there was no expense ever spared. So we had the beautiful luxury bus. It was lovely because you do the gig, we go back to the hotel, and and um, you'd be in by eleven. You'd have to, you know, most times be up half the night. And Jake would get us at three in the morning. He was no stopping Jake, little boy Jake. He should have been the manager. I don't know what happened there, <laughs> but um, you know, he'd be banging on the door at three in the morning. I can never know. So. And then we'd sort of get on the bus with each other, a, a, a bunk on the bus, and it was just beautiful. You wake up, you know, as the sun comes up, there goes America. You know? Oh, wow. Uh, you can imagine, you know, you don't know where you are. I can remember calling my parents saying, I'm, I'm in, uh, I don't know where I am. <laughs> where am I? I got the, the phone book, there's Mobile, which I, and, you know, there's a lot of that going on. Well, it's a so lot of traveling. It's, it's a big country. <laughs> yeah, meeting the people are great. Yeah. Know, yeah. It was the best time of our life too. <laughs> yeah, and the park days, the park days in Los Angeles because we ended up, I think, six weeks at the hotel, the park, which was mm -hmm. just some of the best memories. Because each one had their room, and um, you know we go up to the pool and hang out with, uh, um, with the village people. <laughs> oh, nice. village people, and and, um, and you know Deborah Harry was there, and Clem Burke, a friend of mine. Through Eric, we knew Clemberg. Oh, yeah. And the roller days from Blondie. And that was nice. You'd be up, you know, and they'd be hanging out in the pool. So there's some of those sitting in a restaurant. There's Barbara Strauss. And, oh, oh my that's my dream. Wow. Oh, no. <laughs> in ordinary company. So did the, <laughs> did the village people come to the pool dressed in their costumes? In their costumes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, they come in their Costumes with bathing outfit, bathing suit. My dad always laughed at that. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like it was the place to be. Yeah, the park was certainly, if I ever had to pinpoint a time, around, best time. It was just incredible. A good hangout. And, you know, we had, um, you know, we'd always be in the, the limos because the band always had limos. There was no expense spared, and we'd be listening to the radio, hoping for our time. And we'd hear it, and then we'd hear, Marish, you rush around, and we'd go, no, 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 it's the station, but here, Marish, and uh, we, of course, I met Doug Fager many, many years later, so he's yeah, gone now. Yeah, God bless um, him. I'm happy to, I got to know him, sort of, you know, sort of later in life. Yeah, yeah, we see his brother. His brother is a lawyer, and he does those commercials like, you know, been in an accident? Call Mr. Figer. Oh, 
it's it's the strangest thing because he has a similar voice you know his oh. cadence is and he looks like doug and it's like this is, oh, wow. this is just not right <laughs> Something no, like my like brain, black. my brain can't handle it. But yeah, we definitely miss Doug. Definitely uh, miss Doug. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. So after the Alan, Alan, oh. Alan miss him. Poor Alan. I mean, not poor. I love Alan. He was just. It is so sad. I really wanted to see them again. I really wanted to work with them again because, uh, you know, I've always felt we should have done an elevator too. To this day, people still come. There's so many people. Oh, that's in my top ten album. I've released a thousand because it's gone on a few decades. People have come to me. Oh, that's my favorite album. Even even Robbie Roos from Brady Bunch. Oh yeah, Robbie. Yeah. Brady. I promised I wouldn't sing Brady, but now I mentioned Robbie. Like, oh, can He's I Oliver. Say? Oliver. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> Oliver. Yes, cousin Oliver. Cousin Oliver. <laughs> so yeah, the Brady's the Brady's. He Brady's, can't yeah. escape. He can't escape it. But he's a great musician too in his own I right. I got so. to know him too. Yeah, he's yeah. a lovely guy. Right. So we 
Yeah, that's how it could work. <laughs> but yeah, we could never get away from who we were. And everywhere I went, oh, X roller. And then the, t- the teeny bopper thing for a long time got us all. And, and it was just, a, it was like David Cassidy went to the same thing. It was a moment, you know, while he owned the world. And then it was tough to get back. And, I, and that's why the rollers were getting, you know, heading for a, you know, more raucous image, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And, it, and, and time was leading it because, I mean, we were on the front page of the Sunday People with all about drugs and rollers. And, and we were on the front and Derek Bombier and this and that. And, uh, um, you know, all about rollers have more sex than have dinners. And, and oh, really? Yeah, right. and was, you know, and, and then the drug thing. And they were just on a rampage, you know, and I was new in the band, so I'm going, all right, all right, I follow you, and we're gone. I was just sort of, you know, so, and we, and they seemed to enjoy their freedom. I yeah. mean, you can imagine with Tam, you know, and he seemed to, you know, the whole, all of us seemed to enjoy the freedom. Sure. Absolutely. I mean, there were so many years of, you know, under his thumb. Yeah, yeah. And I'm... I've never experienced it because I came at the time just when, you know, they were out, getting out of that. Mm. Right. Um, and Eric was the first one that of the hook. He hit town faster than <laughs> And Ellen, of course, owned every bar in halfway down up the coast of England. <laughs> um, he owned a few bars or something one time on this album. He was funny. He was, and you probably know that. He was really a great sense. Actually, they all did. One thing I remember about your boys is um, they want a great sense of human. We, we used to laugh like crazy. Oh, that's, I mean, we that's one thing. Uh, you know, each one of them, they have such unique sense of humors. They do. They're all yeah. like John Pleasers, you know, yeah. together. <laughs> no, it's just We come up somewhere and you, you, you couldn't speak to be laughing. So, so yeah, of course, I miss that. Yeah. Oh, I love hearing that. Yeah, that's, that's, they, they are funny. Alan would tell the funniest stories. Oh, ah, yeah, yeah. Right, <laughs> yeah, actually, I'll tell you a quick silly story. When we were in New Jersey, we were pumping gas, and I don't know why I'm telling you this, but it's just going to. And Alan came to me and said, "Oh, well, you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna pump gas, you must pull the the, the thing right up the pipe. You've got to hold it above you. You get the last, you know, you get it all." So every time I pump gas, I hear Alan's voice. Oh, oh you know, you should go there. So um, <laughs> you ruined it for me. Every time I got to pump gas or petrol, as as we say overseas. Um, you think of him? Yeah, yeah, I think of him every time I pump. Uh, uh, you know, we pump yeah. gas. We pump gas a lot, so that's a beautiful I'm thing. Also, you can also think of Alan every time. I think I'm going to now. Uh, yeah, although, okay. uh, don't forget to lift that. Not the nozzle, but the pipe up in the air, and you get the last drop out. Oh. <laughs> I love that. Information from Alan. We love Alan. So, okay, after the rollers, you said in 82, you, you and, and yes. Woody started a band called Caru. Um, it was a three-piece band, is that right? Yes, Caru, yeah. Caru, sorry. I'm sorry. Caru, you want Caru. Caru. After the Caru in South Africa, they have a desert there called and Caru, spelled K-A-R. Double O, and I think we, we put the U out. Yeah. Yeah. So you you primarily played in California and South Africa venues, is that right? Yeah, yeah, we played, yeah, kind of thinking back, only California and South Africa, that's right, yeah. And you had and a we lived, of course, we lived, and it was lovely. We did about two or three years of many gigs, we did that album. And you had a big hit. We had Where Is The Music, which did really well for us in South Africa. And the lovely thing was when Richie, the, Richie Dowd was great drummer in Karoo, 
And it's unnecessary when I studied, you know, when we picked him up at the airport, I can, the first thing we put on the radio and where's the music come, comes on. So it's oh. just... Oh, wow. I've always remembered, yeah. So that was nice. We just picked him up. And, okay, now the album Karu Cuts, it's pretty much yeah. impo it's impossible to find. Did you ever think about remastering it and dropping it again? We did, you know. Woody did. Actually, Woody was a surprisingly good engineer. Um... We did, just before the, well, the big reunion that they had, William asked, you know, we wanted to re-release that album. And we did a new song. He sent me some chords, and um, I was sitting on the computer, and I started singing a melody over it. I sent it back up the melody. And he fixed it up beautifully. I didn't realize he was such a good engi engineer. But I suppose it comes with all the years of recording, you know. Mm -hmm. Oh, definitely. If you can explain it. Say you're standing next to him and Eric Clapton and George Harrison are doing one my guitar gently so you can figure out their guitar sound right you know something you learn and it kind of stays with you and of course we had a lot of that too i remember an engineer in south africa i'd learned i think in dublin if to get that big brand made guitar sound you have a mic right in the amp and then you take another one you know from a distance sort of three four five six seven eight feet away and you know we learned all that when we were young and um, i went back to the engineer in south africa and showed look what we did in dublin he said yeah yeah he loved it you know <laughs> Well, yeah, there's a lot of that going. So is, is, that, is that available for fans to buy? Um, at the moment, and I think, you know, Woody was handling the, the distribution. It's probably tiresome, you know, running to the yeah. post office. But we did do a new song, which did fairly well. Run Up did fairly well, but we got some airplay, and, and then it fizzled out because Woods it is in, in the, they had the reunion. Oh, oh, maybe it's okay. time to, to no, revisit that. Fans might like to, to get their hands oh, on yeah, it. Yeah, we should, yeah. yeah we're, we're, older, we're older now. We've got disposable income. We don't have to do chores. We don't have to do chores to get our allowance for our records anymore. <laughs> oh, no, yeah, yeah. Now, 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 of course, the great musician robbery is no longer the record company it's, it's the internet it is the internet oh so, yeah everybody says yeah you get expo exposure <laughs> exposure but you know sometimes if you've been there and back you don't really need exposure you want money you don't yeah, of course Absolutely. but i need exposure i've got a hundred front pages under you know in the, in the boxes well probably a thousand from the rabbit days and um, it means not really mm. well it doesn't it's nice to have yeah yeah now you mentioned Madonna earlier. She covered one of Madonna. your songs. She covered one of your songs. Twenty four well, hours. I just sing it. But I, um, I just sing it. And how that happened was in eighty seven. I went. Um, I went to see Freddie again. So I'm Freddie from uh, ten years later, of course. And uh, Freddie Demand is now managed Michael Madonna and, and Michael Jackson. Yeah. I was, yes, yeah. At that time, and they were just huge. And of course, he was now the new Brian Epstein. He had just owned the world. Mm. You know, sitting there, with and um, you know, and he always like me. He always said to me, "Damn, did you? You know, what what are you doing?" I, you know, because he really loved my songs. Mm -hmm. And then the next thing, you know, they said they want you to sing on this Madonna album. Of course, I went there, and it's um, it was very lucrative. <laughs> it's the best night. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I meant to say, yeah, I meant to say they used your song, not covered your song. Sorry about that. Oh yeah, yeah. Did you ever get to meet her? No, I was, we went to the show. Uh, and that was just lovely to see because so was Freddie when he came out. We were near the front of, in the stadium. I think, again, it was Dodgers Stadium. And that would have been 87, 88. And um, 
you know, when they brought Freddie out, it was really nice. He was really proud of him when he came in. He saw the bodyguards. Oh, wow. And, you know, and I saw him in a little crowd. Da, da, da. And, um, and there he was, you know, big deal. Um, so that was wonderful to see, yeah. You were definitely in the VIP section, I say. We were in the VIP section, <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, she, at least she can do She stole my manager. Uh, well, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Old Madge. Yeah, well, I, I was foolish enough to leave him. Because um, he did. He had Alanis Morissette. He had Brian Ritchie, Brian Adams. No, not Brian Adams. I believe I was sorry. Any oh. the two big ones. Uh, Michael and, and there's a lot of them. So everyone... Every successful person in the 80s you just mentioned. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah, I guess you have to join the world with self folks here. But anyway, oh, we're on okay. the night. You know, the big thing today is just being here. I've had so many, we've all had so many people gone there. You just have to appreciate each day. And um, are we all getting sad? Let's cheer up. No, we're not going to get sad. Um, all right, I, I have a question. No, no, we're going to get back. We're going to refocus here. Now, when Eric Greek yeah. when Eric Greek group with the version of the BCRs in the nineties, did you consider yeah, joining that? Yeah, cutting my hair in the seventies. Sorry, carry on. Uh, did you did, did you consider joining that, or were, were you invited well, to? In the eighties, was it here in the nineties? When right? Eric Greek group with Cass and um, his his version of the Rollers was, was it that the in the nineties? It was 80s. the nineties, yeah. Oh, no, I was in South Africa. I was back in South oh, Africa. I would have loved to have done that. Yeah, you know, I'd love to work with Eric. I'd give anything to, you know, we should write a song together. It's just so wasted that we, yeah. we were able to write, you know, Elevate and Turn on the Radio, Washington's first couple of them. They were pretty good. It was definitely a good partnership. And, um, definitely. And we never wrote again since. That's pretty. Because, you know, it wasn't our fault. If you can understand, and it's easy to. If you're in a band, really like myself, I was in a band since I was 11 years old, you know, I was a kid. And then you got the boys, the, and, and of course we had Rabbit, and you know, you're like, um, uh, a couple of years of that, we, Rabbit was three and a half years, and it was the year in America, and then three years with the Rollers. Mm. So three and a half years with, with the Bay Cities, and um, you know, eventually, foolishly, you just get tired of the boys, you know, you want to be with the girls. like. And it's always the cliche, and I hate John, you know, the famous quote of John Lennon, there comes a time and you've got to leave the football team and go to the, to the wife. And, you know, yeah. as musicians, people too, it's the same thing. Even if you're not the Beatles, you still, you know, you reach a point, you've had enough of the football team, as they say. And today, I'd give anything for that football team. Yeah. So that's how, like, you know, you just, you think, oh, man, I'm sick of this, you know, sick of this, and nobody wants to know. And then, and then today, we're all like, wishing, wow, I remember that. That's life. I mean, we've all been there. Yeah. Oh, definitely. It's easy. I think yeah. it's easy to sit back and, you know, you liked what you had, but then you made decisions yeah. based on what you were going through at the time. And, you know, I think that's our part of life. And it was also, um, you know, we felt we were being eaten up by the teeny bopper thing. For sure. Because, you know, we're young. And I don't know what Les McEwen did. I hope he did well. I mean, I wish him well. I think he's done very well. I think he's doing okay. Yeah, I, I mean, he's done well with, He's performing. With well, not right now, but he was performing. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you never know. <laughs> you never know. Okay, we yeah, talked. We know. talked a little bit about Ian earlier. Tell us a little bit about yeah. Joy, Joy Buzzers when with the band with that you joined. Joy this was a fun experience. It was, it was after the Madonna song. I was playing at Hennessy's. I had kind of got comfortable in the a, 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 a 
a beach venue, and I used to do Mondays and Fridays just by myself, and and I really had a lot of training. I remember that it was kind of grueling, many many nights, just like four hours by yourself, you know, as the singer. You really had to train your voice up to be strong. Um, and, and, and walks in one night, and, we, and so we became friends. He was in the neighborhood. We ended up in, um, and um, we ended up in the band. Short lived, but nice. We had a lot of fun. Did Did Let It Be oh, Right yeah, that's come what, from that's that? What, that's what that, came yeah, um, uh, that came in '92. Was that part of the Joy Buzzers, or was that after? No, we kind of ended just before that. It's okay. To, yes, but I got the gold. I got a platinum album on, on Who's That Girl. And, and Ian brought it in. It was a surprise. I was playing one night, and Ian and our friend Joe Stefanelli at the time, the other Joy Buzzer guy. And I remember in they walked with this beautiful silver platinum disc that had just been sent. And they sort of handed it to me on the stage. And then the, they were very good characters. They were, you know, good actors, good musicians. And we mm. um, immediately had the band going. But it was basically what was. And then, um, oh, that's right. I didn't want to do that. If, you, if you're going to be in the Bay City roles, you've you got to. You know, at least have Woody's dog or somebody. You know, so far. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so yeah, I was. I didn't want to be part of a Bay City that, that was dishonest to my friends because you know we were always great friends, especially Derek and and Alan and, and Eric and and oh, yeah, Woody. Um, and so I always felt dishonest. And so we did one or two. I mean, like, oh, we, we were playing this club in um, it was a big venue in in, in Los Angeles and. So we come to the sound check and we see this huge queue around the block. And we're kind of looking, well, what's that for? <laughs> it was for us. Wow. Because, yeah, it would be basically rollers. And the place was jam-packed and they loved us. Oh, wow. Well, uh, and then we went to San Francisco and they loved us. And um, and then, of course, the boys put a stop to it over there, which I can understand. I was yeah. yeah. And then we became the Joy Buzzers. And, um, yeah, and then, uh, one thing further, we kind of fell apart because, again, the guys doing different things. Yeah. But I ended up doing the Let It Be Right album, which has still got to come out because uh, we did the Let It Be Right album. I went to South Africa, and then sadly, not long after that, I lost my brother and father, which is a huge shock. Yeah. Oh, um, yes. And then, uh, so that kind of put the whole Let It Be Right album down, down the sink, you know, mm. for a while. But right. This time. Yeah, but it's still out there. I mean, there's a. And it, I mean, and it did. It did well when it came out. I mean, it it it, it got. Yeah. What was it? Oh, boy, listen to that. I have a cell phone. So see, look at that. I got it all. How's there? There you go. Tech or what? Don't call me Mr. Tech for nothing. <laughs> yeah. But let it let it be right. Did did well. Yeah, it's a the song. Of my songs on there. I remember. I, it was the. President, it was George Bush, and he said, "Oh, he wants to see a car." Uh, oh, oh, Bush, not the younger. Um, I, I think one of the interviews is, "Oh, I wants to see a kind of peaceful world." I thought that's a nice song. I wrote mm. the kind of song that's on that. Oh wow! Yeah. And there's a new today. There's a new today. Went to number two in South Africa. Yes. Yeah. Good. There's a new today. Do, um, do you miss South Africa? I'd imagine you might. Yes, it's a beautiful, beautiful country. I mean, we grew up. It was a yeah, I wouldn't recommend growing up there in the 60s. And I was, you know, it was totally politically incorrect, and it was just, one couldn't live under those. And, uh, you know, for, I found out Rabbit was breaking up on the front page of the Sunday Times. I mean, you know, by Friday, my brother and I were on a plane to England. Oh, wow. And then I went to America, and, and that was, 
So yeah, but I, South Africa is really a beautiful country. If you've ever been there, you've never seen beaches or like that. Um, and you know, it's a free country now because they've got one of the best constitutions, I believe, in the world. And with early freedom, you know, when Mandela changed the place, he made it incredible. But apparently, there's a lot of problems. Yeah, we we might all need uh, we might all need a new place to go at some point. <laughs> yeah, right. If we can make it there, and, uh, I'll put that on my list of possibilities. <laughs> oh dear, oh dear. That's another. That's a whole other podcast. So, um, yeah, yeah. bring us up to um, what you're doing now. I mean, we have COVID going on, so. I mean, artists are really well, you know, struggling to, to earn a living. Um, thank know, what's you, going yeah. on? <laughs> well, Sue says we've got a whole lot going on. We've got television here. We've got uh, um, no, everything's shut down. In fact, um, our dear friend Sandra in, in, in Pahrump, 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 they booked me. She was just great. They booked me so much in, in Pahrump. And then uh, one night there was this guy sitting there sort of, and, and his wife, and they were looking at me for two hours. And um, it didn't do much. But the next thing he comes up on the stage as I was taking a break, he goes, hey, Mop, that's not so good. <laughs> Alan's not even here to do that. Um, all right. Maybe he is. Maybe that was it. But anyway, so he's just, he just came like a glance at us, and the price is right. What are you doing on November 13th? Well, you just, well, you, you won the producer's choice award, and what did I do? And he'd been watching me through the, they'd been, you know, watching me for a while from the Madonna to this to that. Mm -hmm. And I won the producer's choice award. That was um, November 13th last year. That's and then Mary Wilson got an award. He was sort of next to us in line. I mean, that was kind of nice. It wasn't a, you know, it's a nice, well, to do awards, thank you, Al Bowman from Brian, Al Bowman and Brian Scott and uh, Sandra, Sandra and Perrault, they helped because without them that wouldn't have happened. That's wonderful. Yeah, and I worked with my friend Tom Ross, the bass player, brilliant bass player, singer, we did many, many gigs. We just did the gig circuit and of course it all shut down and um, I was doing a Beatles show because I still love the Beatles and it's easy for me, I, I know every Beatles song backwards. So. Mm. So, uh, and, uh, yeah, it's fun now and then. I did it in 2009. We played a massive place in, 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 um, in Manhattan Beach, in, in the Californian one. And um, I remember Danny Lopez, the George Harrison in the band, who ran the outfit. He was the world's number one Johnny Depp impersonator. <laughs> and uh, if, oh, bring it up. We're, doing a, we're doing a Beatle gig in, uh, oh no, he's American. Let me get that right. We're going to do a Beatle gig at the, uh, and, um, Bring the sheets, we get there, and it was 14,000 people. Wow. So we found out a week Wow. And then, <laughs> and my round dark glasses with the lens hadn't arrived yet because I was getting lenses in, and they didn't make the schedule, so I had to go, I couldn't see a thing. Some of us, it was, actually, I've seen some of the videos since, and surprisingly, that was really nice. Uh, it was surprisingly good, but I felt horrible up there. I couldn't see, I couldn't see my pedals, I couldn't see. Oh. And then the sun was in our eyes, but when the, when we finished, it was great. Um, there were just so many people. It was, you know, one of those open-air places. Yeah. And they just, I mean, so that was our Beatles show 2009, and then I did one again last year, into early this year. Well, I just because I, I love the music. It's not, it's, I enjoy it, so it's not. It's not embarrassing for me to do Beatles or Elton. I'm always happy to do them. Oh no, and, and you're in the oh, great oh, part of the, you're in the great part of the country to be doing something like that. Uh, you know? Yeah, yeah. 
I used well, to know Elton very well, as you probably know. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Do you still talk to him? Yeah, that's all he got my green card. Yeah. No, he's a naughty boy. Tell him from me that he better call me. <laughs> he's um. No, he doesn't. He's too famous now. I suppose. Well, he's he's, he's all. He's all coupled friends. up yeah. now. He's all coupled up in the he's daddy now. Married, yeah, he's know, boring. He's, he's boring now. <laughs> Right, he's got a gold plated couch, but it's different. Changing nappies and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Well, we can't do we can't do live shows now. So I hear that you're going to be maybe I'm doing gonna, you're going to be doing some streams for your fans where they can. I'm going to be doing streams. So I'm figuring out how one can you know make money out of it. I, sure. I love playing, but at my age, I don't really want to go and sing. Oh, you know, just songs for the sake of it. No, I, um, I think that your fans will love that. Oh, I think they will love it very much. Well, let's start doing something now. Yeah, I've got to. Yeah, we've just been in the process of moving, and so it's been. Um, but yeah, I'm going to do that. Yeah. And you're going to have some some uh, merch, well, maybe some new merch available soon. Yeah, some merch. I think we're doing a better be right T-shirt. Something I've been wanting to do for many years. All right, so uh, you'll let us know, and we'll make sure we we'll make sure that everyone gets um, that information. Yeah. Okay, well, that sounds good. That sounds great. Thank you so yeah. much for talking to us today. Are we done? Yeah. Thank you so much. Wow. Thank you so much. Yeah, I hope it was good. I hope everything is okay. It's wonderful. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. You stay safe, too. All right, folks. Thank you, Duncan. That was a lot of fun. We are very excited to hear that Duncan has several things coming on the horizon. In the meantime, Fans can stay up to date with Duncan on social media, Facebook and Twitter, etc., and purchase his music via Bandcamp at duncanfara.bandcamp.com. Also, check out Gemini Blue Productions, who produced Duncan's release, Thank You for the Photograph, and his very recent cover of Rock and Roll Love Letter. You can find Gemini Blue at gemiblue.bandcamp.com. We will let you know when Duncan announces his live streams and when his new merch is available. As musicians who earn their living gigging, with COVID they've had to become a little more creative on how to earn income. Let's commit to supporting our musician friends like Duncan during this time. Well, really at all times. Buy their merch, support and attend their live streams. Heck, go on their platforms and buy their whole catalogs. It can really make a difference. We all have to survive this together, and music definitely helps. Without our musicians, there is no music. Ugh, imagine a world without it. Nope, nope, nope. I don't want to. We're calling on all Roller fans to support the music. Rock on, Duncan. Rock on. Until next time, keep on rolling. <laughs>